everybody to another installment of the Science Patrol, your weekly journey into the world of Ultraman and all the heroes and monsters from Nebula M78 and beyond. I am your host, Rich Conroy, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Pat Rudy. Hey, everybody. How are you? All right. So we just watched two, uh, what I think is two of the more fun episodes of the first run of Ultraman. Uh, that would be the uh, Mysterious uh, Monst- Dinosaur Zone. Or the Mysterious Dinosaur Island? No, Dinosaur Zone. Base. Base. Mysterious Monster Base. Monster Base. Okay. The Mysterious Monster Base and the Ruffian from Outer Space. Yeah. So these are two These are two episodes that uh, I remember most from when I was a kid. Um, probably because they're early on in the run. And just... And they're a lot of fun. Yeah. This is, this is what you might show... Um, if you could only show one episode to somebody, you'd show that first one, the, dice, yeah, the one, monster base. Yeah, although the the, the goofy, the second one's kind of goofy. So if you showed him in a like as a thing, like, yeah. hey, it can also be silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So, uh, but the the monster base I liked because when I looked at it first, I asked right away if it was a Halloween episode because they have all sorts of just weird Halloween stuff like. Monster pelts all over the place. Yep. And different stuffed animals here. A mad there. scientist. A mad scientist with green hair, you know, whitish greenish hair and snakes in a beaker. Which is very like a bowlish, <laughs> really kind of big bowlish beaker for some I wish I could remember what they're called. Um we don't have that smart. The internet will correct us. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> they're those big round beakers with the um the stem on the top. So it's like they took a handful of garter snakes and fed them through the little funnel at the top. Right, right. And, and then just left them there. And yeah. Them. They, and they're all like, this is weird. How come we can't get out? And the problem with that, of course, you know, going the other way, is A, how do you shake them? them out? <laughs> Maybe, but how do you clean the damn thing? I'm thinking, um, you don't worry about that. He's a mad scientist. You, you, perhaps he was you using them as some sort of experiment. Snakes. Oh, maybe they're for food. Okay. Maybe they're food for something. Is it possible more. that the thing is separatable? Maybe just pour some water in there, give them a good shake and rinse. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not liking that. Then you just get wet, angry snakes, and yeah. no one wants that. No one wants. Nobody that. wants wet, but angry anyway. snakes. Yes. <laughs> also, a good that'll be on our Science Patrol T-shirt. Science Patrol. No one wants wet, angry snakes. <laughs> Hashtag everybody, wet, angry snakes for this episode. Uh, we're recording this the day after Halloween of 2016. I don't know when you're hearing it yet because um, we're still uh, we're still sorting things out. We still have a lot of episodes in the can, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna release a couple. Of, I think I'm gonna do two the first week. Okay, oh. then we can you know, it'll be nice catch up. Yeah, because yeah. I'd like to, I'd like it to be like we record something and then it goes up. That's going to be a little while. I mean, you yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll manage. We'll manage. We'll get it. Because, like, you know, when you when you want to have a Christmas episode, which, by the way, you have apropos of nothing, no, there really is, there is no Ultraman Christmas special. Really? Yes, really. Over, like, basically as, 50 years of Ultraman, no Ultraman right. Christmas special. As big as Ultraman is, A, B, as big as Christmas is in Japan, and it's Monstrous, is it really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're big on Santa Claus. Okay, okay. big time. Um, just no Christmas. No episode. Christmas special. No, I don't expect Ultraman to rescue baby Jesus or no, anything like no, that. No, no, no. Although you, it is Japan, I don't not expect anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
I don't. I don't. I just don't. You it, could see more of a nice, good Halloween episode than a Christmas. Yeah, sure. Episode, I could see it's both a of those kind of show. I see both of those things. I could see a Halloween episode. New Year's is big. Valentine's Day is big. But not a lot of holiday special action going on. I was surprised because mm-hmm. I was. I, I wanted to do something special for Christmas. We'll have to figure something out. But anyway, our first episode is um, it's the tenth episode of Ultraman, and uh, we open with uh, this creepy laboratory and um, people are talking about the uh, monsters at the bottom of Lake Ness. That's right. I said it. Lake Ness. Yeah. Um, they actually said it in the episode yeah. that it's Lake Ness. Not yeah. Loch Ness that we all know. No, have Lake Ness. So they, uh, they anticipate um, the science patrol like is uh, hearing about something that lives in the lake. So they, they take off to investigate with the submarine. Yeah, that yeah. shoots from the actual plane. Way too fast. Way too fast. I mean, okay, yes, we get the fact that they're miniatures, it's, but it's oh my god, it's not good. It's great. <laughs> Poor Arashi gets whiplash just hitting the, <laughs> hitting the water. Um, and for some reason, inside the submarine, he's still got to wear an oxygen mask because there might not be enough air in the sub. I assume it was supposed to be because it's pressurized, maybe? Nah. But, but, he's... 20 feet down. He's not that far down. He's not that far down. It's not a huge... Well, yeah. I mean, it's got to be a pretty big lake because it has that monster. Right. It, I mean, I get the fact that it's a big lake. But I'm he's not. With that. Yeah, no, it's he's not. not far enough down to really need an oxygen mask yeah. at all. And I don't remember if we saw... Oh, but this is the episode we did see the actual wicks for the... Yeah, when they, light the, when they, they light the VTLL rocket, you can see the... the I don't think they're really wicks. They're, um, what do you call those things? Ah, shucks. Um, we'll call them wicks for the sense of, for the sake of calling them wicks. And again, this is another one where the internet, the internet will correct us. us. Yeah, absolutely. That's the shirt. <laughs> the science patrol. The internet will correct us. <laughs> so, they fly out there and, uh, Arashi pilots the sub around, which has not only fire underwater, because it's got, like, the jet coming out of the back, um, which I said to Pat... I've been watching this show since I was a kid, and it just never dawned on me that, okay, fire fire would be weird coming out of the back of a submarine. And that's something, every time I see it, I'm like, that's not going to happen. No, no, but just go with it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I did, and I'm just, and I I accept it because I accept it. Like, there's no other reason. (laughs) There's no other reason. Okay, fine. Like, when your parents tell you there's a Santa Claus. Which kids, if you're listening, there's a Santa Claus. Absolutely. Um, or anything. You just go, okay. okay. I convinced my niece I lived on the moon when she was three. And she because bought it because it. I lived on the moon. Yeah. You know, she didn't know. You're um, far enough away, might as well be on the moon. Right. And when my dad met her the first time, she asked him flat out, <laughs> did you guys used to live on the moon? And he, not knowing. Just of course said yes. Yeah. Because my dad is the master of improv. And he was just like, of course we lived on the moon. Figuring I had said some sort of horse crap to my niece, and he just went along with it. So they go down there, and Arashi has the um, uh, the sonar. Yes, he has the downward the visible sonar, sonar, and then, and the, then the forward light, which, which is a video recorder as well. Very snappy. I didn't notice that. Yes. But you see the light. First, you see the sonar in the water. Okay, we got to see the sonar. I just so you know it's on. No, it's on. And then they put the flashlight in front which isn't how it's done. 
but you have to see that too because you know you yeah gotta it's gotta light that, yeah, you, you gotta be able to light up what you're lighting up and we see a tail mysteriously slither away from the rock but they don't see it right so the next and then day they get uh, to stay at the swanky hotel yeah they get to stay at the swanky hotel that apparently has nobody else other than this reporter yeah. and, and the two photographer yeah, the, yeah, two science patrol people and a reporter and a photographer, photographer. Exactly. who are there for a boys graphic magazine in the most insane car you've ever seen. This if I can find a screen cap of looking car I have <laughs> ever seen. And this is going with the Munsters had a cool car, Batman had a cool car. No, no, this is better. <coughs> if I one thing I got to tell you that Japanese tokusatsu shows do so well is berserk cars. Okay. Just berserk cars are like a lot of the heroes in some of these other shows. Um, I see if I can't run some of these pictures down. Just crazy horns on the car. Because that wing. No, this one had it all. It had oh, yeah. teeth. painted teeth, the whole nine. It was great. Eyes. It had teeth in the wheel wells. Huh? Yeah. It was very pretty very bitching. Cool. It was pretty bitching. You, your kid would not be upset if you pulled up to school in this vehicle. In that. They'd be like, yeah, that's my old that's man right there. Dad. That's him right that's there cool. in the monster car. So um, then, of course, we uh, the through circumstances, the monster shows up. The mad scientist comes out like, no, you have to, you got to hide. Because he created, obviously, the mad scientist, obviously, in case... You weren't smart enough to guess it created this monster. Yeah. And I mean, he's got the episode, wild, frilly hair. Yeah. He's got all, everything in his lab. No, he's okay. No, yeah. no, he's the mad scientist. <laughs> yeah, he is He is a central casting mad scientist, for, to be sure. Forgive me, I'm sipping tea during this episode, as I believe I'm catching something, either catching something or uh, Getting little, something. little allergies. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, since the investigation was done, like we said, that Captain Miro says that, or, um, no, three of them. It was Arashi, Ito, and Hayata got to stay there. Yes. So yes. that was kind of nice. And I said, how are they going to stay there? They have no clothes. Mysteriously, science patrol casual. Yeah, so I guess that comes standard in the VTOL. You it's goes, got to. It's got to. You, you know, have that, to be ready. Well, the orange is reversible. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Those outfits have to stink so bad. Oh, oh God. So. Oh, but let's well, not go there. But wait, maybe there's some sort of space age, like, fancy right, material. No, with no, that they, like silver colloidal. They've got to wash them. You got to go with they've got to wash them every well, they other make, day. They make so. that. They make that new underpants. Those new underpants that have like silver thread in them, and they're antimicrobial. Okay. Yeah, uh, not buying it. It's true. That's, this is a thing now. This oh, is I, I, I buy thing. the yeah. thing. I've heard of the thing. Yeah. By the so way, if uh, Me Undies would like to sponsor us, hit me up. <coughs> Excuse me. So um. You know, the monster reveals itself in the daylight to look suspiciously like Godzilla with a neck frill because it's Godzilla. It's Godzilla with a neck frill. Yeah, pretty There's much. There's just absolutely no way around it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like, hey, if you ever wanted to see Ultraman fight Godzilla, this is the episode to do it because it's basically what happens. Um, the monster is called Kira in the English dub. It is known far more as Jiras. Um, and he is one of the most popular Ultraman monsters, obviously, because oh, he looks he's, so much like Godzilla. Yeah, obviously. and he is, is you know, he's, they've made tons of action figures. Of oh, him. really? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Pat, let me tell you, there is nothing that has been merchandised like as much as Ultraman. Ultraman. Maybe okay. Hello Kitty. 
Alright, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Hello Kitty's got everything, but Ultraman has next to everything. Well, Ultraman's got everything for guys. Hell no, they have it. lots of girly stuff. Really? Too. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Sure, quite aprons, you name it. Oh, like, okay, fair enough. Fair and, enough. You know, you name it. They have, I had, one point I had some Ultraman, uh, like, bath stuff. Oh, um, yeah, enough. I was trying to convince Blaine that we should have a Ultraman bathroom. Yeah, sure. We had a Hello Kitty bathroom for a while, so I was trying uh, to go the other way. A little quid pro quo, you I know what I'm saying? You. I hear you. Um, and uh, so the monster comes out and uh, starts wreaking havoc, uh, as much havoc as can be wreaked in a small area right. that is uh, secluded. So basically, he starts beating on one house, uh, which is the doctor's house. And um, the. Uh, shoot. Uh, I'm and losing, then, like, losing track of my head today. Well, no, when, when Ultraman finally does appear, yeah. all they do is wrestle for a little while, and then Ultraman rips the frill off. <laughs> like, in the Which first two minutes, it's terrible. It went a little bit longer than that, but not a lot longer. But ripped the frill off, which I thought was just violent. Oh, my God. And, and you know, this is, like I said, kid's show. There's a giant bloody gash <laughs> around the neck. whole neck. Yeah, and well, then he uses the frill as a toro cape. And yeah, he, you know, bull rush back and forth for yeah. another couple. Minutes. Yeah, he starts bullfighting with this poor monster, and you know he's doing all the matador moves with the little feet shuffles and all yeah, that. The stuff. whole nine. It's great. Sideways with the cape and this and that, and, and, and then the monster. Oh, and then he does some sort of punch. Like they run at each other. Yeah, he There's like punches a, a flash. And that's it. Done. Yeah. Monster just stops, bleeds from his mouth, and dead. Yeah. Yeah, like that was a, some sort of like. Sort of anticlimactic. Yeah, but it was like one of those like. Um, the five finger death palm strike or something like that. See, you know, if like they had of, done more on that little flash that you saw. Yeah, like where if you then had I seen him hit it. Or, right. yeah, yeah. Then I would have bought it more. Yeah. But it just. It was like, like little, okay, I hit you, there's a little flash, and oh, by the way, you're yeah. dead. Yeah. And the only. The only Time uh, he uses the specium rays to show off that he has a specium ray. Right, because the monster actually uses throws a rock up and shoots it with his breath and blows a rock up. Yeah, so, so Ultraman shoots the specium ray, ray to blow up on a different rock. Right, and then he hits the fragment with another. He hits right, it twice. He hits it He's twice, like, yeah, yeah, check that out, smart guy, huh? And uh, and uh, then you know the the Jira starts. There's a lot of great monster action in this. You got yeah. two per. Two guys who are at the top of their suit game. Haru Nakajima, the guy who wore the Godzilla suit, again, makes an appearance. Right. Um, and, and you he can is tell nimble. he knows exactly what to do with that Godzilla suit. He's, exactly how to use it. It's his second skin at this point. Yeah. He's, he's been doing it for a long time. And then the guy in the Ultraman costume. Ten years? Yeah, like ten years. Probably. Yeah. With the original 66, Godzilla. 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy in the Ultraman costume. Well, it's just a suit. Yeah. So he can... Obviously, move around quite well. Yeah, it's 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 you know big latex sort of wetsuity kind of thing, so it's it's fairly flexible. And they do do a lot of like tossing each other about and yeah. and pushing each other around. It's very like it's a woodsy sort of scene. So it's it's nice because you get the impression of these two very large creatures duking it out in the forest. I right. like that a lot. But like like I said, the actual death scene in and of itself. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, you're like, really? That's it? That's all it took? It's <laughs> just like the one punch? Well, you know, if you got a big hunk of your neck ripped off at a certain point, maybe he just went into Bleeding shock. Out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I could buy that. It, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I'll buy the rest of it. I'm yeah, good. I'm, it's just the death scene in and of itself that I'm like, eh. Yeah. Eh. 
Yeah, okay. he, didn't, he didn't explode. That's what we're looking yeah, for. We're yeah, looking for an exploding monster. Even if it doesn't explode, if you can explain away why he died, this is yeah. just basically he bled to death, and finally you see the blood come out of his mouth, and he falls down. Yeah. Oh, well, also the first the first appearance of Ultraman laughing. Yes. 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 yes yeah. Yes, while they're while they're wrestling, he, he gives them a chuckle, and there's a lot more uh, a lot more uh, Ultraman. Um, uh, verbiage in this one, a lot more. Uh, yeah, he does say "sha." Yeah, a, yeah, a couple of come ons. And yeah, stuff. yeah. There's a lot of communication between the monsters where they're like, "Come at me, bro! Come on!" Yeah. You know, and it's it's. I like this episode a lot. It's got everything that you want as a as a fan of this stuff. It's got right. crazy mad scientists, which is very that I give very very cool. The yeah. mad scientist, and they gave the mad scientist a lot of time on this one. Yeah, really and a great did. layer. Yeah, yeah. With his phenomenal mural <laughs> that has these, this monster with these teeth in it. And it's actually a giant window so he can shout to his creation That's across creation. the lake to wake him up. And let's not forget the rock door that you can't tell where it is on one side, but on the other side, there's it's a convenient a handle. Big giant handle. No so, you go in. so you can close it behind you. That's the only thing I could think of. I don't know why you wouldn't reset. Oh, well, uh, you know yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. Gotta he's, go with it. He's a mad scientist. He's crazy. That's why you go with it. Yeah, he's crazy. He, he wants is to, mad. Some, he wants to control this like, creature. And, look, I'm putting a handle in here. You can't stop me. You know, I've already built this giant monster, genetic, genetically engineered this fierce, the fiercest creature on the planet with a weird neck frill because I don't know. And uh, <laughs> Just because. Yeah. So we're going to do our monster minute right now on Jiris. And... Um, he has also been dubbed under the name Akila and Kira. Um, he has also been seen in Red Man, which is... Um, I'm going to have to find that episode because it can't be nearly as insane as this. <laughs> um, well, let's get some stats on him. He's 45 meters tall, 20,000 tons. He is, of course, a kaiju. His affer- uh, affiliation is with Professor Nikaido. Um, he was raised in Lake Kitayama, obviously, inspired by the Loch Ness Monster. And uh, when people reported an abundance of fish suddenly disappearing, uh, yeah, that's, that's why, the, that's why the Science went Patrol went out there. I forgot completely. Now, let's uh, get to our... Uh, let's see. Suit actor, Haro Nakajima. It is, of course, a modified Godzilla roar. It is a modified 1964 suit. <clears throat> okay. With the exception of the head, which is the head of the 1965 suit. Oh, so they used two different yeah. costumes, yeah. put them together, yep. and said, okay, here we go. The 19- With the frill. Yeah, the 1964 suit in total was used for Gomez, which is a monster in Ultra Q. Okay. Um, and so the head was covered in long hair and spikes. So it was cut off and replaced with a different head to make okay. Jiris. Gotcha. Um, Fair enough. And then that's where they put the frill in. The frill in. Because so they had to connect see it the joint. And that's why and they, that's why they ripped it off. Around. Hey, what hey, do you know? Look at that. Senseless violence or craftiness? <laughs> we all make it look like we know what we're doing. That's right. Um, and uh, let's see. English dub, the monster is described as having actually been made in Scotland, furthering its similarities with the Loch Ness Monster. Completely missed that. Um, yeah, I kind of yeah, missed that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, uh, let's see. Of course, Horror Nakajima. Um, and there's a lot of future appearances of Jiris. He, of course, uh, his powers are he's an adept swimmer. I think you're reaching, fellas. Yeah, and uh, the uh, electric heat ray. Oh, no, no, no. He was living in the lake, 
So he's got to be able to swim. Yeah, but adept, maybe I, not. I mean, really? Like, it just seems a little like. Kind of oh, he's a great swimmer. Of course, he's a great swimmer. He's a giant monster that lives in a lake. Technically, he could be a good walker if he's tall enough. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay, so what? what uh, other than that, do you have any other final thoughts on the, on this episode? No, no, no. Like I said, it, the, it looked. When we started to watch it, it looked very much like a Halloween episode. Mm -hmm. And we had to actually, at the very end, find out that, yeah, it's absolutely nowhere near Halloween. It's actually done in September. Yep. Which, you know, in my mind, okay. Close enough. Close enough. Hey, man, why isn't Halloween all the time, right? I, exactly, exactly. But you would, you know, there was enough different weird-looking stuff that I thought right away... It was a Halloween episode, so I just watched it as if it was a complete yeah. Halloween episode. And it works that way. It works it both works. ways. You're just like, okay, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Look, we're 10 episodes into this thing. If you weren't in, you'd be out by now. Yeah, you'd be much. like, all right, you know what? This is stupid. <laughs> I'm not watching it. Like, it's, it's, this is a show that adults are either going to are either gonna buy into or they're going to be like, why aren't we watching the Transformers movie? And in which case... Our answer to that is because that's crap. Yeah, it's uh, terrible. And please do not correct us on that because it's just that it's it's an it's an opinion, and we can have them. Um, the only thing about I know the Transformers movie is the girl. Yeah, Megan Fox. Yeah, very attractive lady. Um, she made a whole job. Thing, whole, yeah, whole, the whole job of being hot. Being but hot. yeah, like I saw. I don't even know if it's the third or fourth trans. What's the one with Marky Mark? Is he in three and four, four. or just no, four? No, it's just four. There's a scene in that where he's in a, I think a car accident with somebody. He starts yelling things. He's like, honey, get me my space gun. Yeah. <laughs> Which amused me to no end. I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, the whole movie cost, what, $140 million? So I can hear him say, honey, get me my space gun. Fair enough. I'll take it. Wait a minute, we're going to be right back. With part two of the podcast, which is the ruffian from outer space. And, uh, okay, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Science Patrol in color. Thanks for sticking in. Uh, it's not like you could have gone anywhere. You're listening to a podcast. You can't change channels. You could stop it, but we don't recommend that sort not of no, thing. No. no, don't tell them what to do. I'm not. I'm not. I'm telling them to stay with the program because that's what's happening. The Rascal from Outer Space, guys. Um, also known in the DVD release as the Ruffian from Outer Space or the Rambunctious One from Outer Space. A lot wow. of alternate titles. Yeah, they all work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see that. Rascal actually. Rascal and Rambunctious actually work a little better than Ruffian. Yeah, because it, it doesn't seem like this monster really wanted to do damage. He just didn't. No, he's just was. being yeah. a toddler. He's like a big kid. Yeah, basically. Like a giant toddler. Um, and it's uh, it's funny. Like So, Hoshino and his friends are playing Buck Buck. Yes. In, uh, in, in a, an abandoned <laughs> lot. Horribly right vacant near, lot. I don't know if it's a nuclear power plant. 
Or just a regular power plant. It's just a giant fuel depot. Giant fuel depot. Something that in almost any other episode would surely have been destroyed. Oh, it would have been where the monster <laughs> went first. Absolutely. Oh, is it? Not this time. Is that full of things that can blow up? Great, I'll stomp there. Um, so they, uh, and oh, in case you don't know what Buck Buck is, it's also called Johnny on the Pony, um, where a kid will wrap his, will like bend over and wrap his arms around a pole, like a light pole. And, uh, and then, and then a couple of the kids him. will get behind him with their head under their legs, and they make like a long horse. So you get four kids like that. One, two, three, four. And then other kids will run as fast as they can and, and jump, jump on, on them to attempt to break the horse. And um, how many kids can we get on top of the kids that are yeah. trying to make this horse before the whole mess of them falls Yeah, out? so it was like a dozen kids, and Hoshino sees a falling star. So the kids obviously go and look for said falling star in a vacant field. And just seem to find it. Yeah, so they find this little uh, thing that looks like a piece of uh, round fruitcake. Yeah. Right? It does. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does. It's multicolored and has weird sides. Okay, fine. Yeah, it's like, it looks like one of those uh, crazy hundred-sided dice that you yes. use in Dungeons yes. & Dragons. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but made of fruitcake. That's very important. It's about the size of a bocce ball. Yeah, pretty and, much. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because they know, can pick it up nicely. Big in Japan. Yeah. And they discover that it is a. Um, they just gather not that it magic. must be from outer space. Well, no, they do say it's magic because they. Well, yeah, but they, the one kid thinks of a. Marbles. And it, of marbles, changes into marbles, and then back to a stone, you don't right. know why. And then Hoshino thinks of a race car. And instead of it being an actual race car, it becomes a like a slot car thing. Yeah, a little slot, one car loop race car. Thing, yeah, track and with a race car on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you and then it turns away, becomes the little bull again. And then they realize they all start taking turns, they yeah, all yeah, start yeah. taking turns. And then they have the stop motion animation to make a birthday cake, a piano, a piano. Um, wasn't there something else? There? No, no, because then by that time, the science patrol went, got it, and just brought it to this room full of reporters. It was another. I could no, swear there was another thing after so. the piano. Oh, that's when the guy with the limp saw them playing. Right, with it. saw them playing. So there's a room full of reporters. They have a press conference about this thing. This guy uh, implants a tiny speaker. Um, In the front of the room because, you know, they kind of tell you that you really have to be close for this thing to actually hear you. Right. Amazingly. So apparently it doesn't work. The best is you're supposed to be close to it because it's some sort of psychic connection. Except for the fact that this guy does it via radio. Yeah. That just dawns on me. Yeah. He has it turned into a liquid to leak out of the case, then become a rocket, which launches itself straight into this guy's car. Yeah, from, from the hotel room that they happen to be in, or classroom, right, or whatever, right. right into this guy's car, like it knew where it was supposed to yep. go. It's absolutely spectacular. Um, and then he goes to this seaside resort where he's staying, and... Uh, Okay, you, you I'm, guys are going to have to go with me on this because I know it's going to say... Here's where it gets a little weird. Just a little. Okay, we're, we're 11 episodes into this show, and now I'm going to tell you, it gets a little weird. This guy decides he makes the thing become a monster, and it's a goony-looking monster. It is a kind of tall in the neck, and he's got... Like radar dishes for ears. Yeah, I thought this was about one of the coolest monsters I've seen because of the radar dish ears. Yeah, grippy claws in his hands. And um, the, oh my God, can we find a more psychedelic front to the monster? Because they had it painted 
in every shade you could see. Yeah, whatever they, they had left. They, yeah, were, they, put they had yellow paint. paint. And let's try this. Yeah. And then right where it was an like actual person's... rival war paint. Like when yeah. you used to see uh, um, it's, like headhunters in movies. Well, it's kind of looks like a person shields. in front of the yeah, actual yeah, yeah, yeah. painted on person. But then right where the person's actual person's eyes would be, they had the design of eyes. Right, so you can so kind of get away say, with it. Okay, this is yeah, where, this his is where his eyes are going to be. And instead of making a giant monster, he makes a monster that's, you know, six foot tall or whatever. Just to scare people for a while and yeah, laugh. He just scares the crap out of room service guys. <laughs> for no particular reason. And other yeah, than he, he just thinks it's hysterical. And... You know, you when Pat Summer goes, oh, this guy's got a limp. He's obviously evil. He's just nuts. <laughs> he's just, he's well, it's just, obviously the bad guy. Yeah, but he's just nuts. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I wish you to grow to giant proportions. Not thinking that he should throw the damn thing out the window first. Right. Because it just right. explodes out of the hotel. Out of the hotel room. Completely. Completely demolished. And then just kind of toddle, like you said, toddles around and breaks some stuff. And yeah. It doesn't really mean to make any damage, just kind of does. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Ultraman has to come and, well, the army gets sent out first and they shoot one of its uh, ears off with a Mazer tank. Um, Which I thought was, again, for a kid's show... They really do have a lot of violence <laughs> up on this show. Uh, at least no blood in this episode. Right, 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 right. They just kind of shot off the radar ear. Yeah. That kind of spun. Right. So, uh, yeah, then they uh, Ultraman shows up. And again, another episode with tons of wrestling. There's, uh, you know, some, there's like leapfrogging and Ultraman falls back in the harbor. And uh, there's a lot of duking it out. And uh, Ultraman splashing the monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for some reason from the harbor he's splashing just the monster. Because, you know, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> he bonks him on top of the head. Um, he goes to use the specium ray on it. And somehow the monster's like, no, don't do that. No, 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 don't use that. Don't use that. Which is totally a wrestling thing, like where somebody goes to make the signature finishing move. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. Not and yet, then, then the hero gets close and he whacks him. Um, there's a scene where Ultraman uh, taps him on the shoulder and he turns around and just square punches him in the face. <laughs> Absolutely, which was ridiculous. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. But and then they, uh, they show you the, the theoretically bad guy in a coma. Yeah. So that's how you're supposed to figure, okay, it's when this guy wakes up. Because they point that out, and I thought the same thing. Right. Once this guy goes into a coma, shouldn't it just go back to a rock? But no, they point out he's got to stop He's got to like think actively of stop different. thinking. He has to wish it back to a yeah, rock. Wish it back this to a rock. Kind of goes against everything else we've seen so far, but we fine. gotta fly with it. Fine, fine, fine. I get it. Otherwise, it would be a very short episode. I right. understand that. Um, and then, just as you know, Ultraman's hazard light. Oh yeah, the, the, the yeah the warning light. Sure, the warning light goes on and says, "Okay, we don't have a lot of time." The guy just wakes up, and then the monster oh, the picks <laughs> up a piece of a building. Puts it over his head. The guy wakes up, wishes it back to a rock, right, and, and poof, everything's gone, and the building falls straight down. Right, right. And then, uh, so it wraps up. We have uh, Hayata say, well, we should ask Ultraman to take this out of space because it's dangerous it's to have a dangerous. psychic rock or something right. on Earth. And then we get to it's see Ultraman. It's telepathic rock, yeah. Right. Get to see Ultraman go into outer space. And kind of thought Ultraman was kind of stuck to the Earth, but I guess we'll let him go to near earth outer orbit yeah no he can he's not stuck to it he's he uh remember because when he he um hits hayata's plane 
in that first episode, he decides to stay there to, one, help Hayata for uh-huh. being courageous, and two, to defend the Earth against Mom. He's not, like, exiled. Oh, he's there. not he's kind of a sign there. Okay. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, we find that out later, I believe. Um, and basically, yeah, the monster is it's like a kid who plays a little rough. Yeah, I mean, it, that's why he's the ruffian or the rascal. Yeah, yeah, I buy that. Yeah, I buy that because I mean, it looks like the monster didn't really mean to cause all the damage. Yeah. It's just hey, I'm bigger than I've ever been. What do I do now? Yeah, this is pretty fantastic. I'm just gonna push some stuff. Oh, what do you know? I can punch a building. <laughs> this guy, you know, when when they are actually fighting, he's like, okay, I guess I should fight back, and picks up the first thing he can see. Which is a building. Happens to be the top half of an apartment complex. <laughs> exactly. And is about to throw it before he diminishes back into a rock again. Yeah. And you know it's nice when you when he lifts it up, you can see the bottom of a stairwell. Yeah. Yeah. It was you know there. It like wasn't just an empty shell. Like you've said many times, they really do a lot of work with their miniatures. Yeah. They 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 take extra care. A lot of pride in building something that looks good. Right before it gets smashed to bits. Yeah, they really. I, I do have to give them that because yeah. in a lot of other shows, even now, yeah, they don't put that no. much care into anything. Well, you look at we saw a couple episodes of Johnny Sacco, um, which sort of inspired this podcast, and the buildings are empty. They're just they're just empty four shows. walls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it looks like they're four walls. Yeah, these buildings look. Relatively realistic. Yeah, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. It helps that the monsters are not super huge because right. then the buildings can be much more um, detailed because they can, it's the scale is not like, right, right. Oh, tiny, we have tiny, to build tiny. a tower that's normally 400 feet tall. Right. They're that's building it two and a half feet tall. person size. So yeah. you can build decent sized looking things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have it be realistic. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There was also a scene where they drove a car into a building, and it was so convincing. Oh, you thought it was an actual building? I for did a while. at first. Yeah. yeah. I said, Pat, I think they drove. I think that might have been a miniature. And he goes, Yeah, totally. He goes, and The only thing that th- the only reason I thought it was a miniature is when you see it go into the through the window, through like the front window right, right, of the right. building, the backdrop inside looked like it was printed. Or like a screen well, print or something that, like that. That it definitely was. And that's but the only thing. But also when it went through the front of the thing, it wouldn't actually have gone that way. It would have done different sorts of damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it, it basically snapped everything. Yeah. So you know it's not metal like a regular Or glass, glass shards. Right. Yeah, good point. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, I could see that they wouldn't want the glass. Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah. But to have it look like glass, they would have had metal. And metal would just bend and not yeah. just snap apart like yeah, this was thing pretty, did. It was a pretty great shot. It was a good miniature. I get yeah. that. It was one of those ones where you know you'd have to build it at, on a one eighth scale. That car was probably like this big. They probably decent size. Yeah, it was really two nice. feet big. Yeah. And then they built around the car, mm-hmm. knowing that by God we're just going to we're just going right to drive this thing right into a building. That's it. We'll push it right in and it'll be okay. Indeed. All right, so let's do our monster minute on. Um, the ruffian on the on the uh, ruffian, but whose name is Gango. Did they ever actually say that? I don't think they do. Okay, fair enough. I, I could be incorrect about that. Um, Gango, also spelled Giango, he is an unnatural kaiju created by the Wishing Stone. Right, we got that. Um, and once it, uh, the his creator willed it out of existence, um, he disappeared. His height is two point two to fifty meters. 
Right. The two point two is basically person size. <laughs> yep. Fifty size, fifty feet, fifty meters. Sorry, is the uh, Ultraman size. Okay. His weight enough. is sixty. They don't say what. And then to sixty thousand tons. Yeah, sixty kilos is about one hundred and twenty-ish, one hundred thirty-ish pounds. Could be, could be a little bigger, but it's all right. We'll take it. Um, because he can't be sixty tons. He would never stand on that. No, no, wouldn't be able to stand in the hotel. <laughs> but yeah, it, I think it's. I actually forgot the first time I saw this as an adult that he originally used it as human size to scare people at the <laughs> hotel. Was just ridiculous. folks, I'm telling you, the synchronized swimming scene is great. It's just, it's great. <laughs> um, hey, and I was right. Gango's suit is a modified Bemlar suit. Okay. Yeah, so that's cool. You did mention that. You did mention that. Gango is also ticklish. Yes, we did notice that at one point. Ultraman does, Ultraman tickle, him. does tickle him and Gango goes, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gango's screeching as well as Red King's briefly are reused dragon roars oh. from the... Oh, they're reused as dragon roars in a movie called uh, Crimson Wolf in 1988. Okay. 98, sorry about that. Gango's name originates from the English word gang, which recaps the fact that Gango's rock was stolen by a gangster. Apparently he was a gangster. I didn't catch nah, that part. No. Didn't catch that at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, but that's okay. Yeah, gotta go with it. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the Kaiju Encyclopedia on the Ultraman Complete Collection DVD says that Gango can summon any type of metal with his claws. But this never happens. So why would it... They also, why not mention that he can play bagpipes? <laughs> yeah, just never, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he can go in a lot of ways with He that. meditates a lot. He's <laughs> also a really big dog. fan of herbal tea. Um, uh, he's I mean, got a one of those. <laughs> freaking great stamp collection. Just never shows yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just kind of shy. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's... Yeah, that's one of those that's really useless information. His ghost, however, can be seen in the monster graveyard in episode 35. We're not there yet. How do you like that? There you go. Um, let's see, I think... Oh, he was... Get this. On July 21st, 2011... By the way, thank you for the wiki... Uh, thank you, Fandom Wikia, for this. Um, Gango and Ultraman Tara were featured in a public service announcement about helping others in need to support the flood victims of March 2011. Okay, fair enough. Apparently it is viewable online. If it is, I will put it in the show notes. Uh, Gango and Ultraman Taro fight, but Taro realizes this is because Gango has a branch stuck in his foot like a thorn. Eventually, Gango falls down, giving Taro a chance to remove the branch and heal Gango's foot, calming the kaiju down. Uh, thankful for his uh, intervention, Gango thanks Taro as mother of Ultra and, fa and father of Ultra Watch. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and that's about it. His powers again: metal summon, which they don't Never actually use. Yeah. Uh, his transformation is he can transform into uh, anything a nearby human wishes. Um, oh, check this out. Here's the here's the uh, vinyl figure. Oh, that's super. I want cool. one so bad now. That is very super cool. And they show. Oh wow, that is. And again. They just threw all the paint that they had on the side. It looks like a like a, um, a totem pole almost. Look, yeah, pretty like much. A, an owl with a beret and sunglasses. Yeah. Um, like a monster face here. Right. Yeah, there's a lot going on. 
I'll, I'll put pictures that, too. Yeah. That's basically, like you said, three different things going on all at the same time. Four yeah. different things, because you got the, the body is one, mm -hmm. then there's another one, then there's the face, and then there's a, the His actual, actual head. head. Yeah, 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 so yeah. There's four different faces going on. That's, that's pretty great. Cool monster. But yeah. like I said, just all the paint you can find. Oh, look, let's throw it on and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I think they were like, you know what? We're going to do something different with this monster since he's an imaginary monster. Right. And we can So there's no there. rules. Yeah. I like not. that. I like that a works. no rules imaginary monster. Um, so yeah, if you uh, get a good look at this guy, G-A-N-G-O, and Gango was his name-o. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that yeah, one. That's a good I am. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> okay, I also found a Gango cutaway online, which is pretty awesome. Oh, I wonder no. if I can make it bigger. I hope so. No, apparently I cannot, which is aggravating, because I would make that into a shirt tomorrow if I could. <laughs> Cause that's pretty great. Oh, that's silly. I love monster cutaways because they're like, here's where the atomic furnace is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if we're gonna build this thing, by God, we gotta make it. Yeah, we gotta make somehow. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, as a podcast recommendation, and I know this is gonna be a couple weeks old by the time this goes out. There's a show called Plumbing the Death Star. It's out of Australia. It's on the Sands Pants Radio Network, um, and uh, it's not family friendly like our podcast is. But they do an episode about cars and the universe of uh, Pixar's cars. And it literally breaks two of the hosts because they cannot figure out how just biologically they function. Like, where are the brains? How come they do this? How do you make baby cars? Why are cars also bugs? You know, like, <laughs> is there money in the cars universe? Is there? And there has to be because everyone has jobs. Right. They have things they have to do. Right, right. And can you die? Obviously you can because Paul Newman's character dies, dies. in between movies. Right, right, right. Between one and two. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, I, I get that, but it's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, again, the, the show's called Plumbing the Death Star. I enjoy it very much. Uh, it is it is rife with filth. Um, it is it is sweary like a, a Teamster pirate stepping on a Lego. Nice. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. Even, yeah. Look, I've got a fair potty mouth. Anyone who knows me in person knows that um, I curse fairly often, and by fairly often, I mean lots. Um, even I think there's a lot of swearing in this podcast. So, but it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I think that's going to be it for today. Oh. I don't think we have anything else. Well, I think that about covers it. you got to give all your, your plugs. There. Yeah, you got to do our pluggy plugs. The next episode, guys. Hey, we got something playing on here. Don't know where it came from. Okay. So the next episode, guys, is going to be Cry of the Mummy. It's going to be our first one next week. And Oil SOS is the one after that. Okay, fair enough. So it's got to be in an oil refinery. So Cry of the Mummy's got a really interesting monster. They're really going out of uh, going out of their way to make some interesting. And holy crap, I forgot oil oh. SOS's monster. Whew. This is something else too. Okay. They're really. My only assumption is it was the '60s, and there may have been drugs involved. No. In some of these. Just come on. It's possible. <laughs> possible nah. there was a lot a lot of late night coffee and mushroom sessions apparently well i tell you what i'll look forward to it it's gonna be great guys um anyway you want to get in touch with us we can be reached at ultrabandpodcast at gmail.com 
There's an Ultraman Facebook group. Just search Ultraman Podcast on Facebook, and it's closed group, and we will add you. Um, if you turn out to be a robot or a spammer, we will de-add you. Um, we can be reached on Twitter, at Ultraman Podcast. Um, we are not on anything else, as far as I know. Um, <laughs> I can't think. Uh, oh, yeah, UltramanPodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, that's where you can find episodes and other oh, Ultraman okay. pictures. Um, things like that. Um, recently posted a picture of a guy in an Ultraman suit playing a Les Paul for no apparent reason, but uh, I liked it. Um, and I think that might be it. Pat is not on Twitter. I am at Old Man Conroy if you want to follow me for um, horribly political and frequent pictures of my dog and child. Um, and I think that might be it. Casey Kill is going to work on the audio for this. Uh, music, of course, provided by our friends at Terminal Sunburn, terminalsunburn.bandcamp.com. Throw them a couple of ducats, guys. They have uh, they have bills, too, okay? And uh, music costs money. So throw them a couple of ducats, make them feel happy, make them feel wanted, for crying out loud. It's just such a hard, hard world out there. Throw them a couple of bones so they can buy a sandwich or something. And uh, I think that's about it for us. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it. Yeah, that covers it. Okay, uh, this has been the Science Patrol. I'm Rich Conroy. I'm Pat Rooney. All right, Sally Forth, guys. We'll see you next week. Science Patrol is a Faces for Radio production.